Hi, I'm JJ, and you're listening to Microphone Munchies. Food for thought, they'll get you hungry for more. So, happy Thursday, everyone. Um, I hope you're all doing well. Today, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm here with a good friend of mine, Aurora. So, Aurora. Hey, everyone. I am one of JJ's friends. He's been one of my closest friends for a few years. And we have talked about jumping on and doing something together forever and ever. So I'm so happy we could finally do it and uh, hope this ends up being a fun experience for you guys as well. Yeah, so we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll try our best. So today, I think what we're going to talk about is this concept of belonging. So specifically what it means to, you know, belong as a, perhaps a person who's multicultural or what what does belonging mean in general? Where is home? What, what, what is one's identity, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I think JJ and I have talked about this a lot. Um, it's something we ponder just because we have... Um, we were born in different countries than where we are now, which is Canada. Don't stalk us. Um, we also have all these interests and loves that are rooted in these rich cultures and histories. And I think throughout both of those processes, we've just, you know, kind of been waddling around, had some questions for ourselves, for the world, what that means for, you know, our lives and how we can just belong and be whole humans in the context of all of those beautiful things. Yeah, exactly. And uh, hopefully, for all of those of you who are listening, if you've ever felt like this, or if you've ever, you know, thought about, especially for those of you who, maybe you're immigrating to a new country, you've, you're living somewhere where it's not the place of your birth, or you don't feel like, if someone asks you a question, where are you from? And you say, what do you mean? You're probably what we call a third culture kid, a TCK. And you're one of us. Like, there's, there's a whole gang of you, of us, out there in the world. So I hope that um, through this conversation, at the very least, you, don't, you feel less alone, less like your experience is kind of weird. It's not. It's, it's, part of, it's part of life. There's 8 billion of us on maybe 9. I don't know how many. How many but there's a lot of people on Earth and, and more... Um, more moles, actually. You know those little animals, the little <laughs> baby moles? There's more of them than humans? I don't know if there's more, but there's a lot because people stop killing them. A- anyway, it's a good thing. Don't kill moles. If you find a mole, don't kill them. Uh-uh. But that's the, um, the concept. So first question, Aurora, would be, if I asked you that question, where are you I from? I was going to ask oh, you. Okay. You want to go first? You can do it. <laughs> yeah, you, you I'll do go it. first. All actually, right, right, right. I feel like I circumvent that question because I just say guess. What? Yeah, I just let them guess. I mean, because okay. then, then it'll, it avoids me having to answer it right away. And then I can just, if they mean like Toronto or Canada or whatever, they can, they'll kind of guide me there. And if they mean internationally or what my ethnicity, ethnicity is, then they'll also, I'll also find out that that's what they're looking to ask. But I almost never offer up right away that I'm from India. Okay. So wait, but, I just said it. Wait, but then, okay, wait, but, but then, so what's your answer or, or what? If someone asks you that, and I mean like on a deep level, not just where are you from, because I want to know, on a deep level. like where are you from? How where do you identify yourself as being from? Yeah, see, I don't know how to answer that, and that's something that I'm almost 25 years old. Only really recently did it hit me that I'm from India, because well, I don't know. As I'm, I'm Indian 100. percent uh-huh. My parents are both from there. Uh-huh. Um, I don't seem Indian is what a lot of my peers will say to me or people who've just met me which is 
I don't even know how to respond to that because when I'm sitting at home, I'm not like thinking I'm an Indian girl. I'm a Canadian girl. I'm yeah. an Indo-Canadian girl. I'm just a girl. That's just how I identify. Right, yeah. So for externally to be told that I don't fit into one of those molds, I I always just, I never knew how to respond to that. And now when I sit sit back and I think, what am I? It's only recently that I'm able to be a little bit more comfortable being like, yeah, I'm Indian. So for you, I guess the next question would be, I guess it can go two ways. Mm-hmm. Either one, when other people think that you're not Indian enough, what are they referring to? And two, when you say you're Indian, what are you referring to? That's a really, really important clarification too. Thank you. Um, I think that when people say I'm not Indian enough, it's a lot of surface level things such as the movies that I watch, the mm-hmm. songs I listen to, if my Instagram has me wearing a lot of Indian clothes, mm-hmm. all of those things. Yeah. And to me, those are all things that are part of my life, but they've never felt like I have to display them to the world. Okay. Um, I have my favorite Indian songs and Bollywood actors who I think are hot as hell. And Should be the Arsenal <laughs> guy, please. He's an Indian actor, right? You know what I'm talking about, the Arsenal one? Who's the Arsenal one? Sorry, we're not going to get into Arsenal talk here. Whatever. I would like to save whatever. you all. The, the, Regardless, the because, okay, whatever. Regardless, I feel like all of those things, to me, just are so deep-rooted in my personality mm-hmm. that I don't actually need to flaunt them. It doesn't, like, I can feel very comfortable never having to discuss that with anyone, but also, mm-hmm. when it does come out, it's in the most natural state, so either with someone who I'm maybe already, who is Indian and I'm like, I'm already talking to them about music or, um, you know, my parents and my family that I do watch Indian movies with or whatever that looks like. It's just felt natural. It's never been something I had to like, be like, by the way, let me prove my Indianness here. Do do you ever feel that? I mean, hmm. let me rephrase it. Right now, you said that recently, it's something that you think about more, and mm-hmm. what, what's something you realize? For example, you mentioned you said you're Indian. You didn't say Canadian and Indian, or Indian and Canadian, or you didn't say Canadian. Like, what does that all mean for you? Whatever, whatever it means for you. I mean, for me, now, being Indian, before, it used to, because of how people projected it to me, mm-hmm. it felt like something I needed to prove. Like, mm-hmm. I needed to check certain boxes to f- to be Indian enough, which made no sense because now I sit comfortably knowing I'm Indian and I don't have to prove that to anyone, obviously. Um, My DNA has, or actually it's not in your DNA, but you know what I mean. Um, It it just doesn't feel like something that I need to to show up for. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is, is just because when I grew up yeah. with my my family, there was a lot of Indian rituals, um, religious aspects, cultural aspects that I followed through just spending time with my family. Okay. And I didn't know which ones I wanted to choose for myself mm-hmm. because regardless, I was going to do them with my family. Okay. I wanted to. And then when I moved away from home, um, I had almost a complete, like, com- I was completely taken away from all of that aspects and yeah. I had time to figure out what I valued and what I liked and um, how to integrate that in my life and now that I've sat with that all the things that I've taken with me 
um, they just feel so natural to me and such a part of me that like I can really say that this is my identity, not because of my surroundings. This is what I've chosen for myself, and this is who I am. Okay, so it's like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying basically when you're growing up, because you're in that environment all the time, you don't really have to think about it. But yeah. when you're out of that environment, you really can reflect upon what, which parts of that you decide, not because you were born into it, but because you consciously choose to identify with or to uphold or to to have in your life. Exactly. And so it's really interesting because you did mention everything that you said just now. It's I think it's really interesting because usually when people say like they don't feel XYZ enough or they don't feel like whatever label they're saying, um, there's a sense of not being, how do I say it? It's it's interesting because the way you've expressed it, Aurora, is you were talking about within the Indian community, not within other communities that that look maybe perceive Indianness, whatever that means, as either better or worse or different. So, because what you said was very insular in the sense that um, it seemed, and maybe I'm wrong, it's that for you it was a matter of proving how Indian you were amongst your own people, whatever that means, and what. What is your own people? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, the, the the place we were born in, um, the way we look, it's a lot of it is chance. Yeah. You know, I don't, unless you believe in that, I don't, we don't choose our parents. Yeah. So, sorry. Uh, so, 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 yeah. If I had a choice, I'd still choose you, though. Okay, Mom all right. And Dad. All right, yeah. Okay, cool. Good, good. Um, yeah, okay. And, yeah, so, okay, well, what do you think of that? I think that's true because people from the outside, obviously, they don't have the same, um, they don't have the same criteria they can judge with, you know, they don't know a culture as deeply to be like, oh, well, what about this? And what about that? They Mm -hmm. just kind of can take it from an even more surface level spot. Yeah. So you never feel inferior. Like when you say Indian, because I'm, you know, in the discourse, Mm -hmm. we're seeing this a lot. Like, for example... Growing up, I was ashamed in certain aspects to be whatever Chinese meant or to be Cantonese mm-hmm. in my case. I mean, I, I won't say that that wasn't true. Yeah. I grew up always in the performing arts field. Yeah. So the way that you look and the way that you, the color of your skin, mm-hmm. all of these things, unfortunately, can really matter. Yeah. And so it was something I was always forced to think about. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be an actor, a model, all of those things, even mm-hmm. a singer. Um, and yeah, that was a huge part of the conversation. Like when I was younger, I didn't want to be Indian for those reasons because I didn't see myself, um, in any media and, you know, you would see castings and they would say like looking for Caucasian female, blah, blah, blah. So I definitely felt that identity crisis both inside my community and outside. And I think that's kind of where we have touched on a lot in terms of our personal conversations where there's a sense of incompleteness no matter where you are. And is that a good thing, a bad thing, the incompleteness, or is that just a part and parcel of life? I think it's definitely the latter, right? Um, But when you're growing up, you don't know that. You don't know how to make it a positive necessarily so so when you're growing up it was kind of a negative thing like you got like on in your own community they were ostracizing you because you're not indian enough whatever that meant and then outside of it you were never caucasian enough for example mm-hmm. in castings or yeah. you were never you were too indian for the people who are not indian but not indian enough for the people who are indian 
I mean, yeah, basically. And I wouldn't say that it was like the biggest struggle in my life, but I only now upon reflection started to realize how it was part of all of my experiences and how it played into just even how comfortable I felt with myself. I think, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think it's a really, especially in a country like this that um, has so many people from all over the place, right? This is why I moved here. Yeah. Um, And it's... uh, it's all, it's always a challenge because I think growing up we don't realize what actually shapes who we are, mm-hmm. and then we become adults and we're like, Bleh? why am I like this? And we figure it out. Hope maybe maybe not, but it it's like oh I I feel why, why is this hurt like why does this hurt? Mm-hmm. And usually if we go and unpack it through our childhood and look at what happened before, it can oftentimes inform us so i think that's uh that's good yeah in your reflection what has kind of stood out to you as moments which shaped your perception of your identity identity uh to be honest i've always felt like personally i've felt um i'm more of a chameleon um so uh, people here probably know this already but uh, i was born in hong kong and i've lived in when I say live, I'm going to say like over over a year, let's say. Mm-hmm. So then in that case, I would consider uh, Indonesia, Taiwan, and Beijing prim- primarily. I hope I didn't forget any place. Uh, primarily. And then I moved here for university. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of identity, for me, I've always said, you know, you know that saying, home is where the heart is, right? So for me, I've always said, well, my heart is in my chest, I think, I hope. I got to check. But because my heart is in my chest, anywhere that I am in the world is home. You get me? Yeah. It's like, so if, if, if you, if you boop me somewhere else, that's home, even if I'm only there for a week. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've actually never thought of it as, like you said, no one wakes up, I, I hope, I don't know. No one wakes up going, oh, I'm a Cantonese guy who lived two years in Indonesia and Jakarta, two years in Taipei. No one thinks like that. It's a lot of baggage to carry if you end up if you're always all of those things on you for your identity well if you're always thinking about it but at the same time also um if you know like i don't know enough into it but you know there's all this i'm reading a lot of things on things like uh you know generational trauma like how some people would say that in your genetics that the traumas of your ancestors are actually encoded within it Mm -hmm. so oftentimes we repeat we repeat things, and it's something that I never really thought about or took for, like I never cared at all. Mm-hmm. But that could be an exploration um, in the for the future. But to answer your question, um, identity-wise, I've just for me for me it's not about mine is a little bit different because I don't really care. I just fundamentally don't care what if whether people think I'm Asian enough or Cantonese enough or Chinese enough or non. Like mm-hmm. it never really occurred to me, yeah. Because the way I rooted my identity was in some other intangible, also stupid things, in my opinion, like football, Arsenal. Like yeah, so mainly that. But um, to be honest, when I think of my identity, for me actually, it's not really about who I am. I'm not. I don't really. I'm not too concerned about that. Mm-hmm. It's more about. Um, like sometimes I feel for, for me actually the biggest challenge for all of this is to do with 
I want to be me. I want to find out who I am. I want to, you know, self-actualize, blah, blah. I'm, I'm privileged enough to, to, be, to be able to try to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But the big challenge is I don't, I, it's, for me, the, the challenge is always guilt. guilt. And the guilt for me would be guilt or shame or like, what is, what, what, what's appropriate? Or if, if I'm in a different culture, if I'm doing this, if I'm doing that, what's the line between being respectful trying to learn honestly and being mm-hmm. a human and being me versus cultural appropriation or you're taking advantage of others or yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And so there is a very, I think it's a very interesting um, dichotomy. Wait, let's give people a little bit of context because JJ and I both also feel that because um, JJ has a lot of his passions rooted in dance and language. So you can kind of talk about the different cultures you've explored as a result of it um i mean a lot of it has to do with i think just maybe it's because as a kid you didn't feel like you belonged anywhere like for example um i did spend my entire oh, 18 years of my life in asia but whenever i'm in asia i'm i'm a tourist basically like people look at me maybe in china for example they'll speak to me in mandarin and then they'll, they'll be like huh <laughs> so, or in hong kong they'll speak cantonese and same thing i i'm a tourist no matter where i go um, and when it comes to exploring different cultures as a kid I just liked what I liked you know as a kid you don't really think about it you just you know, I liked anime so everything I did was there was a point in my life where everything in my life was in Japanese basically like I only listened to Japanese music everything was Japanese I was basically I was really into anime at that point um, but uh, difficulties guys well, yeah. it's still recording it's okay yeah, so, but besides that, um, I've just kept exploring different things. Like when I moved to Canada, mm-hmm. it's the first time in my life that I'd met people or cultures from like the Caribbean mm-hmm. because I, I knew nothing about it. In fact, actually, a really big thing that shaped the way I am today is my experiences working. I, I was working as a grocery stalker, mm-hmm. and one of my colleagues, um, his name is Jahai. He was uh, he's from Trinidad, and it's the first time I met anyone from Trinidad, or the first time I actually got to know someone because we're working all the time. And he's explaining to me like what's it like back home, how like the situation there and stuff. And it, it, coming to Canada really opened my eyes to all these things. Like I started going to different parties, different types of music, different types of people. That's something I'm really grateful for in Toronto. Mm-hmm. In China, you don't really have that, right? In China or in Hong Kong or in Taiwan or anything like that, yeah, you don't. As well. Yeah, you, it's very homogenous. Like most of the people are just one people. Mm-hmm. So, but here, one of the things that I always say is, I say this to my students all the time is, one thing I love about Toronto, you can't tell who's a local, who's a tourist. Yeah. Because everyone who you think is a local is a tourist. Everyone who you think is a tourist is a local. That's fair. Yeah. So that's that's but what the locals know where the good food spots are. No, no, no. The local, it's tough. I would say the locals wear more like Raptors gear, but the tourists <laughs> do too, right? Fair. And, and then what about? Through those experiences, have you, um, where are those moments where you've potentially found yourself afraid of towing that line between respectfully learning um, and potentially appropriating? So one, one thing that's, I mean, to be honest, in life, you're always going to have people who, people will judge you always without, I think it's human nature. I don't fault anyone for doing it. I just think that people look at me and they'll assume I'm XYZ. 
for example. Like if people know I'm from Hong Kong, they'll assume X Y Z, and it's it's interesting because when I travel to different places, um, you get to experience a lot. People either love like I say I'm from Hong Kong, and then people start speaking to me in Japanese, and yeah, I mean it's just different cultures. People people just don't, honestly don't know, and I I think on that level. Um, and that that's something I'm still trying to figure out. Like when people say like mean things to you without knowing who you are or what or what you've been through or what you represent or why why you're saying what you're saying. That's one thing. And at the same time, they might have a valid critical judgment. I've made I continuously make all sorts of mistakes every day. I don't I don't know if people can own a culture, but for me personally, one thing that's really helped soothe my soul, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is that at this point in time, especially now that I feel uh, specifically with dance, with languages, not so much because a lot of the languages, the people like English, they colonized the world. So I mean, that's why Hong Kong, India. But yeah, well, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> well, wait. So. so you said something interesting mm-hmm. about because oh. I asked you if you were ever nervous about towing that line, um, and you you mentioned how sometimes people. You kind of mentioned ex- people's external reactions. Mm-hmm. So, would you say that for yourself, um, a lot of a lot of that fear comes from how people will respond, mm-hmm. or is it more based off of something internal to you? I mean, it ends up being both because the fear of external is an internal thing. Fair, um, yes. <laughs> but uh, but really, what it comes down to for me is I'm most worried about trying to do. You know, the the saying is, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. So I'm most worried about trying to share something, something cool, etc. And then someone, like, I'll be either like a culture vulture, or I'm biting, or I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm actually part of the exploitation, or um, like... Do you have an example? Mm, I can't think of one in my own life at the moment. Like the, the main one I would say in general mm-hmm. would be everything I'm doing within the Afro world because, mm-hmm. you know, Africa is a huge continent and there's so many different dance styles. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's very similar to before when we were, you know, when I was dancing more Latin dances as well. Mm-hmm. Like when someone says the word salsa, salsa was a word created in New York in the 1970s and 80s, I believe, uh, with Fanny and all that. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, it was a way to market yeah, type music market. with like Hector Lavoe and stuff and so it was um, yeah it was uh, it, it, like when I think of it, it it's tough it's, it's like when someone's a Kung Fu mm-hmm. we don't consider it just Kung Fu right because everything in Kung Fu just means hard work Yeah. so anything in your world or in your life is Kung Fu mm-hmm. um, and so um, it's, it's, it's similar to that when I'm thinking of things like different styles, uh, when it comes to Afro, for example, or different Latin dance styles, um, it can. Sorry, I actually lost the question. I have no idea what you just said. Well, I guess I was just looking for an example of a time where you, or an example of something you were afraid of getting misinterpreted as appropriation. Mm, mm, oh, sorry. I think the easiest way to just say it is whenever I'm going to parties. Whenever you're going. Whenever I'm dancing. Like Afro parties. Anything. Afro, Latin, anything. Or yeah. if I'm if I'm out anywhere because I'm always afraid that if I'm just dancing, people will think that I'm just like an invader, like mm-hmm. a space invader. Pew, pew, pew. Like one of those like, yeah, like yeah. a space invader. No, I, I understand that too because I dance salsa and even though I'm Indian, um, especially when I'm done up, 
with all of my like my hair slicked back and I can kind of pass as Latina and sometimes I like I take a lot of pride in that because it feels like I extra fit in mm-hmm. um, and you know it's always fun to mistake and like in it's weird because when people mistake me to be um, l- like from a country that dances salsa culturally I I feel validated but then how does that What's a guard? But isn't that like a direct contradiction we just said about being Indian? Well, in, in what sense? So w- then wouldn't you make it a point? Because see, you're being validated because people mistake you for being in, uh, sorry, like, uh, Latina. I feel like validated that I'm good enough to fit in. But isn't that... That's exactly the contradiction. Because what you were saying earlier was it's not about fitting in. It's about owning the Indianness, whatever that means. I mean... But now we've also moved on to a different culture that isn't one that we were necessarily born into. Oh, okay. So it's different. So okay. So it, you're thinking yeah, of a different It feels a little yeah. different because I also sometimes fear that someone's going to think that I'm somewhat of an imposter. Uh, I think being an imposter is going to be there always. I think, to be honest, the one thing that's really, it's, it's an ongoing conversation and it's something I'm reading. It's something like, one thing I try to do my best is that whenever it comes to any sort of like cultural thing that's not, that I... And even when I say I, it's kind of weird because I can say, oh, yeah, I know Kung Fu, but I don't because just because I'm like this doesn't mean, you know, doesn't doesn't mean really anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially when it comes to cultures or spotlighting um, cultures and traditions of other people, sometimes people ask me about that. I will actually just refer to them. Like I'll put the spotlight on my teachers mm-hmm. or the people who know better than me mm-hmm. or I'll try to like kind of like a library like I'll be a library and that really helps because I don't have to be the expert because I'm not yeah and that's one part and the second part for me is actually money um I have made a conscious decision not to make money through dance yeah other cultures that don't belong to you cultures but I mean depending on that I'm an English teacher someone could say yo why are you teaching English like you're not English I guess there's, but I understand what you're saying because there's a part of you that's putting the power back um, to people who are from those cultures to make that money off of. Yeah, w- when it comes to money, that for me is really important because people always, sometimes people will ask like, oh, would you, can you teach me X, Y, Z? That's something I feel uncomfortable about okay. because I can teach them on one, like I will always give them disclaimers. Like if I'm teaching them something, I rarely do, but if I ever do, it's this is just what someone showed me. Yeah. yeah, and this is not. I don't have. I don't yeah. know. And I mean, I don't want us to stray too much into that uh, conversation because it's such a big one on its own. But I think it's important to highlight, from what I can tell, that because we're trying to be so mindful and respectful of different cultures that we're, um, you know, benefiting from, we are trying to work much harder, and we find those barriers that exist um to prove ourselves essentially to because i think that like you said you're not an expert no um of course we know that a lot of non-experts are still out there teaching making money and all of those things but it's definitely interesting to highlight that we Mm. are that much more aware of the fact that we need to i guess try harder be more qualified if we're going to step into that ring. Yeah, I think that if, like, maybe I'm just super old school about this, but I always think if I were to be in that space, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the, the, the old cats, like, they, 
the gatekeepers, whatever that means, they they give you some sort of like I don't know if it's a cosign, but no, it's like I, like I respect so. or that you, that you actually mean, yeah. have gone through and you understand the history, the significance, and I don't really care too much about what I mean. I, I care a lot, but it. How do I say this? I what other people do or what other people choose to do or choose not to do. That's out of my control. Yeah, absolutely. So you're just trying to police what is within your reach, which is yourself. Well, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm doing the best I can. And yeah. I, I that's that's mm-hmm. that's it. It's just simple stuff. Like, for example, on Instagram, whenever I'm dancing, I always make sure I'm crediting the, yeah. um, the artist, the song. And in case there is any sort of, like, cut country thing. Like, actually, usually, when I'm sharing uh, or when I'm doing any of these uh, dances, yeah, especially lately, t- you... I- I'll do put the flag yeah. or I'll, I-, I-, I go in the bio of the artist. And I make sure because some of them are like us. They'll m- maybe they're, like, for example, in my mind, like, some one guy is from Angola, but he grew up in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he uh, associates with both. Mm-hmm. So then I re- respect and reflect both. So would you find yourself having the same... I guess, high level of expectation that you have on yourself if you were teaching something that was related to Hong Kong? Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be even higher because I have to represent what Hong Kong means in a good way. Obviously, it's a it's an interesting issue what Hong Kong is and what it isn't. But, um, but, uh, but yeah... I think so. I think there's always a response. For me, that's the key term. It's that fine line between responsibility and guilt. Because sometimes it really... And then I can't even dance. I can't dance. I can't do anything. Because I'm so... I feel so responsible for everyone. And then the other time, I think, that's ego. Because you think you're the savior. You think you're so great. But you're just some guy. Like, no one cares. So that's the balance. That's for me, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And I will say, definitely, JJ, you're a lot more aware than a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure your situation's not the same as a lot of people either, where you're exploring so many more cultures and like digging deep into them. I don't but know. it matters because we are in a much more connected world than we've ever been in so the the topic of appropriation and and not fitting in and all these cultures colliding are i think just starting to become more and more relevant and i don't see that going away i I don't either and i think it's a good it's there's many ways it can go Mm -hmm. um but i do think fundamentally it's not an awareness olympics it's also not a oppression olympics no in the sense of like one thing that i'm trying to learn the most is things are issues of all these things are not mutually exclusive like you could do something be praised for that and that the same thing at the same time someone else will destroy you for that same thing that someone else praised the person who praised you might be from that culture might not be there's so many different things and this everything is all uh, clucked together like there's the idea that people have say actually um it's not that the world is worse now it always feels worse every generation feels the world is worse but it's because we can see it Mm-hmm. In Instagram, we see every problem all the time, instantaneously. Yeah, and yeah. so, so yeah, yeah. That's that's it. That's it. Well, it seems like I think we have to go. But thank you so much, Aurora, uh, for the conversation. And um, everyone, I hope uh, I hope some of it made sense. Uh, yeah, me and JJ definitely. JJ and I. Sorry. 
English teacher. We have a tendency to talk on and on and on. So thank you for, you know, tuning in to a slice of that. Yeah. So hopefully you'll be on for uh, next time or something, some other time. Um, But yes, everyone, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, Feel free to like, share or whatever else people say. And um, yeah, have a great week. I'll catch you next time. That's JJ and Aurora out.